Welcome to Surviving Society, a political podcast and a sociological perspective. Uh, we are still at the BSA, day two. <laughs> um, and we're really lucky to be joined by Dr. Karis Campion. Hello, Karis. Hello. Karis, what are you going to talk to us about today? Today, I think I'm going to talk to you mostly about my presentations that I'm doing tomorrow afternoon. Um, and morning. So tomorrow I'm presenting on the research that I'm doing currently at Manchester. Yeah. In the morning, looking at ethnic inequalities in higher education, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at institutional responses to the race equality charter. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I'm doing in the morning. Mm-hmm. In the afternoon, I'm presenting on my own PhD research, which I finished at the end of 2017, and um, looking at black mixed race identity in the UK in kind of the post-war period. Um, and in particular, it's based on mixed black Caribbean and white populations. Um, and what I'm trying to do tomorrow is, I guess, share my ideas around a paper that I'm trying to develop that is centering place in the analysis of mixed race identity. Because I think often when you talk about mixed race, racial identity is privileged or seen as the defining feature of the mixed race experience. Like, mm-hmm that's going to be the thing that is kind of uh, most central to how people identify, mixed race people identify because they come from multiple ethnic backgrounds. And that's going to be the point of, I don't know, confusion or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of trying to say tomorrow that actually we need to do a more kind of structural analysis of mm-hmm. mixed race identity that places mixed race people in the spaces in which they inhabit to think about how they draw from their immediate localities to understand their own racial identity. So how mixed race people come to be racially as well as spatially labelled, I guess. Powerful. <laughs> Powerful. Um, so what, what does the term mixed race mean in your research? Mixed race in my research, I use the term, well, I use the term black mixed race for the most part throughout the PhD because with this particular population that I'm talking about, have mixed black Caribbean or white backgrounds, they're often read as, as black, have very similar experiences to their black counterparts. As we talked about it with Chantal earlier at school, mm-hmm. the police. So I wanted to kind of center blackness within mixedness. And I race, I use the term race as well because I think mixed race people are often having to grapple with biological discourses of race still, more so than I don't know. I think to understand what mixedness is, people kind of say, well, that means that you've got these multiple elements to you. And it that, seems very fixed. Distinct, yeah. That have come together to create mixedness. So I kind of think the idea of race as a biological thing lives on in mixed race discussions. Even though we're in, like, you know, talking about post race society and this stuff, I think that within mixed race discussions, I mean, even mixed race people themselves when they talk about their own identities in my research, often those old ideas about distinct biological discourses of race come back to life mm. um, when talking about mixed mixedness. So that's how I see mixed race, rather than mixed ethnicity, mixed heritage. I think mixed race is the framing for this particular group mm. in my kind of reading of the data. I think it's the most appropriate. Like, it's a phrase that can have so many meanings, but, yeah. I don't know, I think you said there that makes sense. I never really thought of it that way. 
when I think back of my kind of things, especially in school, it's definitely structured in a notion, kind of old school notions of race. So you've got the light, you've got good hair, you're all those things structured in like a hierarchy of race because you're closer to whiteness than me and I've got bad hair. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was always the kind of dialogue. So my, my mixed race pals would always say, oh, you've got bad hair and I've got, I've got good skin and all this kind of stuff. But I never really said it in the right those kind of classic, classical distinctions of 19th century races of places. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah. I've, I've read, because if you listen to the podcast, you'll know that my um, PhD is on um, mixedness, also in the West Midlands, 20 minutes away from where Paris's research is based, um, but mine's in a more rural space amongst predominantly white populations and mixed-race families. Um, and I'm not just doing black um, mixed-race families as well, um, I'm doing Asian as well. Um, so there's... Um, quite a few differences but your focus on context I think is so mm. important um, but one of the things I was just going to say in relation to what you just said T is what's really good about Paris's research and other sort of more contemporary research, um, research on mixedness is that it really sort of situates the contemporary understandings of mixedness within historical narrations of mixedness and that's really linked to like colonialism slavery like all these really sort of problematic things about mixers really play out in a have been reproduced in a much more contemporary way but they're still sort of yeah very linked to these histories um biological sociologies of race yeah i guess that's what the phd was about really it was about situating mixed race experiences because i think a lot of research on mixed race is very interested in individual mm-hmm. narratives of mixed race that kind of say well how do you identify on a day-to-day basis sometimes identifies mixed other times identifies this but I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm, yeah, I'm trying to look at mixed race in that contextual kind of way by thinking about mixed race in space and, and through time. That's mm-hmm. what the whole PhD tried to do, really. So I, ha- I had, like, I spoke to mixed race people from, I call them, like, three birth cohorts, like, 60s, 70s, 80s. And um, she included some people in the, in the early 90s as well, but for ease, I kind of named them as three birth cohorts to see what kind of changes through time, because mixed race is a category, that's what's happened for one, you couldn't identify it as mixed in an official way, mm-hmm. a kind of tick box before 2001. So that's changed, mixed race has become a more legitimate identity to claim, because say you're mixed race people, especially black mixed race, which mm-hmm. is the largest group, and it's, people can very kind of easily understand what that, that means. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of things have also stayed the same, so, Things that I think mixed race studies doesn't really was want to kind of do away with in some ways. So some of the kind of negative stereotypes around mixed race experiences and I don't know the parents of mixed race like white parents of mixed race people. Mm-hmm. There's still kind of these lingering stereotypes that 100% implicate mixed race lives. Like you know 20 21 year old people I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's, by taking that like long lens, I think that's helpful because we can see how race just generally mm-hmm. not just mixed race because mixed race tells you about race categories generally how racism impacts on people in different ways through time like how malleable it is i guess like how it's so you can just keep coming back i think um, i think that's what's so fascinating about mixedness is that if you look at public discourse and even academic discourse on mixedness it seems to often just stay in this really sort of race heavy 
sort of depiction and it's like we have to do more to de-essentialize what we mean by mixedness like what Paul Gilroy tells us to do about blackness like we need to pull back like we need to not be restricted to these categories and actually look at variables like like you said place yeah. context time yeah. I think to yeah. say that one mixed race person has the same experience to another if they live on the other end, other end of the world it's just I feel like we've often been sort of yeah. playing into those things, even yeah. within the academy, and it's like really got to try and, well, this is what I agree with you, like move away from that stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think like, I mean, the one thing that draws mixed race experiences together globally, I guess, is the inability to fit into discrete categories of race that historically were used to, you know, cause destruction and mm. <laughs> whatever else. But beyond that, kind of unifying thing experience. I think it's quite hard to say anything meaningful yet about mixed populations. Because mm. like, well, what's the commonality, I guess, other than that kind of foundational thing. So that's when it's useful then to do do what we've done in race and ethnic studies forever. Like yeah, look yeah, at yeah. local forms of belonging, look at people's experiences in particular social political context. Um, so that's kind of what I'm, I'm kind of doing what we've done forever, mm. but in, in more of a focus, with more of a focus on mixed race, which I think needs to be done. Because unlike in America, where mixed race is almost its own discipline now, it's mm. like a sub-discipline, almost, in ethnic and racial studies, it's not really developed in that way here. I don't think no. it needs to develop in that way here. No. So, you know, we need to, it doesn't need to be divorced from all those tool, useful tools that have been used. No. So where where did your participants come from? Are they in Birmingham? From India. Yeah. yeah. I interviewed people. I interviewed thirty-seven people, wow. aged between twenty and fifty-six years old, and Birmingham is what I chose because it's not a place that signifies a mixed race in the same way that places like London do, Liverpool, and Liverpool do, yeah. and Cardiff do, which have like much longer populations or kind of histories of mixing. In the kind of interwar years. Birmingham's kind of completely off the map really, but it's not, again, studies on race and ethnicity. Birmingham, major sociological studies were done mm-hmm. on Birmingham. It's like a place where people, everyone flocked to to kind of like look at you know, race relations, how the host population, mm-hmm. new populations are going to. There was a big report that there was a report on Birmingham, yes, like ages ago it was. Yes, of course, John's done yeah. things, um, Rex and Tomlinson. Analysis and Spark Brook. Um, and then also recently, Birmingham is at like the centre of like, you know, like stuff around it, kind of um, really problematic discourses about terrorism and yeah. radical. And um, youth cultures or youth culture, the Burger Boys and yes. stuff like that, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know about the Burger Boys? Oh, oh my god, <laughs> this is one of the Man's got people in the poll still. Oh my god, right, that's, yeah, that's, that's the Burger that's Boys. boys. Include me. It's a gang. It's a gang. That's what we're going to say. That's what we're going to say. Okay. I don't think they're going to listen. They're listening. They're connected. I don't know. What for me is interesting what you say about the whole kind of concept of time. So I was going to say, what did you find with the people who are from like the post war? How did they see mixedness? Because I'd be quite interested to see when. From a kind of like a kind of people that came over from the West Indies, mm. and because when I when I go there, 
there's a, a, a kind of a notion of racial hierarchy still. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, did they bring that with them? Is that, is that still? Is that the, do you mean that the parents of mixed yeah. race people, like black yeah. people, so, parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like some of the women, like I was just speaking to Chantal earlier, it's like this one woman talks about, she grew up, she was, she's in there like, well, she was just about 750. So she you know, grew up in the 70s, 80s, and her dad was like Windrush, and her mum was white, and um, she was like, my dad was very much like, we've left the jungle. <laughs> like, 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 but quite, I was saying, because of his own, like, you know, colonised mind and the internalized, horrible internalised yeah. stuff that's, um, he, he was very much ready to, like, leave, it's obviously one example of one family, but he was very much ready to leave Jamaica, and I think, she actually said to me, he, she thinks that he felt that having mixed-faced children was almost a kind of way of like, you know, the social mobility for, his, for yeah. his family, for him as a black man coming from Jamaica. Um, and like, you know, might even afford them privileges. Not that that was something they thought about when getting with that is the, the, the mother of the, this woman I'm talking about. But it was very obvious that those colonial Caribbean hierarchies definitely fed into, well they're still even in the contemporary, even in the 20, 22 year olds, especially the women, okay. they were very much aware that, you know, mixed space women or lighties or whatever, were very much kind of sexualized and seen as some kind of trophy in amongst, especially like mm-hmm. kind of um, black boys yeah. at school growing up. And that was a thing that they were definitely experience and that's that's one of those things that kind of stayed consistent through time like I yeah, said yeah. some things very much changed but one thing was that the women mixed space women were very much aware of their kind of privilege, privilege yeah. being read in certain ways and a lot of them could identify why that was so they weren't just like oh you know I am like it's a naturally occurring thing like I'm that's not it's made it's made it's, made, it's man-made it's one of the things I feel like we have to um, deal with quite a lot when we're talking about mixedness and race and racialization and you just mentioned fetishization as well is how we we can talk about mixedness whilst also recognizing the overt privileges that have yeah. come with that what I think is quite interesting about those clear realities is that they play out differently in different settings so in your context multi-racial, multi-ethnic Birmingham, mm. those things play out probably a lot differently to how they've played out in my research in a predominantly white, working-class, middle-class space where the, the mixed-race individuals themselves, even though when they've gone into different spaces they have definitely experienced these things, that you, the things that you just spoke about, the privileges, they grew up Mm. not necessarily having those because they were just the black kids they're the minority, they're the minority. so mm. sort of that privilege those privileges come to be learned sort of later in life yeah. it's not something yeah. which was experienced yeah. um yeah. in school in social groups and whatever yeah. because the whiteness just yeah. just tr- 100 yeah. percent. yeah it's like they were that their minority status in yeah probably yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Grove, yeah it was being the mixed race children yeah. That, that's like so tomorrow I give an example in the presentation this one guy who grew up in um, Selly Oak in like the night, late, late 80s which mm-hmm. is like a what, white mostly white area in like the southwest of the city yes and it's about six miles away from Handsworth which is like a place where there's been 
much more kind of long histories of black Caribbean migration. And the demographic of black people more generally is much higher. Um, and he talks about in Selyok having these allegiances with these other kind of mixed race kids that lived with their sing lived in single parent households headed by white women who were separated from black fathers. And how in Selyok they all called themselves like yeah. That was how they referred to each other in like a kind of solidarity, kind of like, yeah, this is fine, I like that, like in a positive kind yeah, of way, yeah. in resistance to those kind of broader white spaces that they were moving to. And then when he's, his teenage years, he moved to Handsworth, um, and he's like, I became black, mm -hmm. literally. I wasn't, I wasn't half cast anymore. I wasn't identifying with other mixed race people in Handsworth through my mixedness. Mm -hmm. We all became black, and it's like, the racial histories of Handsworth attached itself to him, do you know what I mean? And that's within the same city, so it's kind of like, that's why it's like this contextualised is so important. That like even Birmingham is a framework, isn't really enough. It's not, yeah. I was going to say, I think, whenever I've grown up in an all-black environment and there's mixed race people there, they don't see them as mixed race. So mm. when I went to secondary school, they'd never be seen as mixed race. Mm. But then, if we were in a club or in a context where there's... If there's a hierarchy, there, and yeah. there's hierarchy, then certain certain animals will come out. Some people start playing on the privilege, or mm. they start saying, like, I've, got, "I've got better skin than you." Just yeah. crazy stuff. That yeah. when you when you put it out in the abstract, in the abstract, it sounds insane, but yeah. that's what it was like, man. I mean, it's yeah, it's interesting the like hierarchies and colorism and all that as well, because there's some like like Remy Remy's yeah. work. He talks about um, like mixed race men and black men, and sometimes how like darker skin is seen as more. Authentic. Like social capital almost sometimes yeah, yeah. as well. So you know like you're having that experience is just obviously the more dominant experience in history really that you're referring to then. But then you kind of then we talked about these other kind of processes that happen sometimes where the kind of almost the black war, which is rooted in heart and being racist colonial histories, mm. but the more the stronger you are that you know you go to the memes about Drake. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah, yeah. boys, it's like a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I'd say that definitely now. I feel that now. Like mm. now, to be the darker, I'm, the more fashionable I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more powerful I'm seeing. It, it, it's weird. Yeah. So, so it flips. Yeah. You can, you can. That's what I mean. You can things. Some things stay the same. Other things don't. I guess. So that's. But that's obviously a whole other conversation. Mm. Mm. No, definitely. It's it's really interesting looking at how it's so. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to necessarily do this when I'm writing up in my PhD, but there are gendered aspects of it that are really important to yes, distinguish, um, particularly in relation to capitals as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah. what I think is really important about what you've done, um, Karis, and what I hope to follow in your footsteps doing, <laughs> is emphasising this, this context, mm. because it's just so, it's really important. Yeah. Um, and I really think it's going to be emphasising that context is going to be our way of truly trying to de-essentialise what we mean by mixedness. Um, You've been listening to Survivor Society at the BSA. We will be back with more sociological delights and conflict views, so stay tuned.